Hello and welcome to the Bold Believer Podcast, a podcast focusing on apologetics and faith-based questions and answers, diving deep into the historical evidence for the Christian faith, truths founded in Scripture, and how it plays out in the world we live in today. And now, here is your host, Josh Snyder. All right, welcome back. I'm your host, Josh Snyder. Thanks for joining us on an episode what is it, 13 of the Bold Believer Podcast. Can't believe it's episode 13. Yeah, Daniel. I'm sitting here with Mr. Isaac Danford. And we're excited to be here once again. Today we're going to talk a bit about the armor of God. We're going to go through what Scripture says about the armor of God. We're going to talk and give the reasons, um, at least on the surface level, at least on the surface level, of why those pieces were assigned, the names that they were assigned, and what makes them so important to suit up and to fortify our lives as Christians and as children of God here today. First, I want to tell a little story that I feel is really uh, applicable to this topic before we jump right in. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 primarily today, so if you want to open a Bible and follow along with this, Ephesians chapter 6 is where we'll be. About three years ago, and exactly three years ago today, I'm getting almost flashbacks thinking about it and getting a little uneasy. Uh, Three years ago today, I was sitting in Fort Jackson in a set of old, old barracks, Probably not this time of the day, but at night I'd be sleeping there in a big open bay set of barracks. And one thing that we always had to have at our side after the first couple of weeks of training was our M4. They they took us out on the range. Literally two-thirds of our training was rifle training, rifle-related training, not just shooting it, but getting to know that rifle. We took that thing apart and put it back together and had races doing so. We had to clean that thing every time we used it. They had to te- they tested how well we cleaned it, and if you didn't clean it well enough, you go back and sit down and spend another hour and a half cleaning it. Um, it. Literally, they wanted you to get to know that rifle inside and out. So whether it broke, whether it was jamming, and then whether it was off shooting, you would know exactly what you needed to do to get it on point. Such Mm. is the armor of God that we are called to suit up with or to put on every single day. God calls us not to only go out for a mere afternoon and shoot some targets, as some might do with an M4 these days. God calls us to literally go everywhere with this stuff, equipped and suited up on our spiritual man or woman. So today we're going to dive into the details of what the armor of God is, Uh, what surrounds and makes it so important and why God assigned each armor piece, the specific title he gave them, and what what makes it important to us today. If any of you have your Bibles out and handy and want to follow along with us, we are going to be in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 specifically. Mm. If you want to read uh, uh, verses uh, 10 through 12 real quick, that's where we'll start, and you give the introduction to the whole passage, 10 through 12. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole gospel of armor. The whole. The whole armor of God. Not just bits and pieces. The whole armor of God. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Talk a little bit about that. What does that mean? What, what does it mean to not wrestle against flesh and blood? That means that there are going to be things that happen in your life that you have no ability to fight back on. 
your own personal self. Mm. You can't go and punch someone in the face because it's not a fleshly enemy. Battle against principalities. It's a principalities. Yeah, yeah. Against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world. That would mean the demonic forces. Those things happen. Yep, and we, we don't wrestle against the physical. Something I got to remind myself every day when I'm either getting cut off in traffic, traffic, somebody's throwing me the middle finger for no reason, or, or, pe or people are just being plain out rude. I got to remember that my fight is not against that person, and I should not pray, God, please uh, take that person down or please punish that person. No, our prayer rather should be, please take down the devil or the flesh or the principality or the evil that is coming against them to pull them away from your presence. And such should be, should be the prayer for our lives as Christians. When we see the battle raging in our home, whether it be with our spouse or with ourselves or with our children or whatever the case might be, that battle is not a physical battle. It needs to be started and ended on the spiritual Front. And we can only do that when we put on that whole armor of God. All right. Would you like to read verses 13 through 16? Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Before we go on to verse 14, let me stop here and kick this horse while we're at it. We are called to put on the armor of God so that we might stand and having done all to stand. What does that mean? Well, that means when the day comes, when judgment day comes, when we are on the other end of all of this and our time on earth is done and our fighting is all complete and, and, and we're in the thousand-year reign of Christ and beyond, we'll look back and we'll say, I did my best for you, God. Thank you for the ability. As we go on to see, he'll give us the ability and he gives us the tools and the resources and that spiritual armor. It is all of God, but he asks of us to take the responsibility to put that on so that we can say in that day, I gave all or I did what I could. Someday when God looks at us, he should be able to say, he should be able to. That doesn't mean we're going to per perfectly do this and that we'll have days that we're going to bump and mess up and we, we need to get back up and suit back up, so to speak. But when God looks at us, he not only should be able to say, well done, good and faithful servant. He should look at us and say something along the lines of, you have done what you can for the kingdom. Thank you. Welcome. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I want to be that person. I want to hear words like that from the mouth of my Savior. So hopefully this, this lesson here will be relevant here. Let's uh, move on to verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness. There's a couple of pieces there. Let me focus on the first one here. And I'll, I'll have Isaac talk a little bit about the, the breastplate or that chest piece that we're called to put on here in just a minute. But the loins being girt about with truth. Each of these pieces of armor that we're talking about here today understand that it was not a coincidence or some accident or Paul was just writing down random pieces that he thought sounded good together. No, the Holy Spirit inspired this passage and, and the entirety of Scripture and specifically now for the sake of our uh, learning and our knowledge and our benefit here, and we look at this passage, and when, when God says, through the power of the Holy Spirit and Paul writing this down, when he says, gird yourself about with truth, or put on a belt that holds together everything or every piece of your armor with truth, understand that there was, that was no accident. So what holds everything that we believe together? What holds it together? Truth. What is truth? Where do we get our definition of truth? 
Well, I believe we find truth every single day outlined and given for us in Scripture. And so if you aren't basing yourself upon some sort of foundation for whatever you claim to be right or wrong, you are going to fall. Just like that, we talked about the builders building on sand or the rock. If, if you don't have a foundation, a foundation of truth, you're going to fall. Your house is going to fall. And if your armor piece is here in the representation of the spiritual armor, if your armor's not girded together or pulled together with truth, your armor is going to fall off like, like it's nothing. Truth needs to back everything that we say and everything that we do or it's going to fall. There's things that you can do also in your day to help you to keep your belt tight. As soon as possible, do this. Start your day in the Word. Oh, yeah. End your day in the Word. Yeah. And try to memorize some scripture based on the lies that you are struggling with right now, currently. Mm, that's good. Read verses on what is helping you, whether it be anxiety, what's fueling your anger, the problems that you have with certain sins that you do, mm. prophetic language, vulgarity, pridefulness. Start your day in the Word and end your day in the Word. Give your best to God. Yep. It'll hold it together. And we look back in the, the way the armor was structured in that day, and we understand or we see that that, that belt was essential to the, to the armor. It not only held their pants up, so to speak, it held on pieces of leather that would blockade their legs against from attack. It would hold up their sheath for their sword. It would hold up maybe a money pouch and a few other things to their side so that nothing would just fall off or fly around. Amen. And without the belt of truth, our armor is not going to stay in place, and we're going to be missing essential pieces to, to be able to, to stand in the evil day. Now, the next piece, this one is a very vital piece. Verse 14 there. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. What is the breastplate of righteousness that you might ask? The breastplate of righteousness is a solid sheet of metal or iron or whatever it was that they used back in the day, leather, that the Roman soldier was always equipped with a breastplate. This piece of armor protected his vital organs in the heat of battle. Yeah. When he wasn't quick enough to take up his shield, the breastplate was for the quick and unexpected advances that the enemy had given. As believers, we have no righteousness apart from that which has been given to us by Christ. Mm. He imputed on us his righteousness because our righteousness was nothing besides filthy rags. Mm. It would be like trying to block an enemy sword with a piece of cloth. Yeah, it hasn't cut which right would through. do yeah. nothing. Yeah. It would cut through like butter. Yeah. And it would be very, very bad. His righteousness will never fail us. Mm. Though we have no righteousness of our own, we must still, by His power, choose to do right. Living a right life rooted in His Word is powerful in protecting our heart, killing our flesh, and defeating the enemy. Mm. Identify it, surrender to Christ, and let Him cover you with His righteousness. I didn't understand this for years growing up. When the Bible says, put on the breastplate of righteousness, I thought... Well, that means I should do good things to be righteous and stuff. No, the breastplate of righteousness is God's righteousness given to us to cover, uh, to cover us so that when we stand in the evil day, Satan is not fighting mere man because we would lose if he just came up against us. He is a being to be reckoned with. But when we stand, we have God's righteousness literally fighting for us. Remember that. Put on that breastplate of righteousness cling to his righteousness, and walk that out. Work that out every single day.
there's another thing if you want to go on in the sure. next one. We go on to verse uh, 15 if you have a Bible there. Verse 15 says, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Without, without uh, standard footwear, anybody, think about it, uh, in a race, in battle, think of anybody who wants to run a race. What is one of the most important pieces of, of equipment that they're going to be wearing running a race? A good pair of running shoes. And without our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, without our feet being ready to spread the good news, being ready to, to advance the kingdom and to take us to do things to advance the kingdom, spiritually speaking, our spiritual man or our armor will be like running around, it's like we're running around barefoot without putting those shoes on. And how effective can we be for the kingdom if we're running through battle barefoot, spiritually speaking, and not equipping our feet with the needed protection and, and efficient equipment that God has given us, the preparation of the gospel of peace. Think about this. Uh, do you know football players? Oh, yeah. They wear special shoes that are sized and fitted to their feet, and they're called cleats. Oh, yeah. Back in the Roman days, they wore sandals, mm-hmm. and those sandals were called caligae which those sandals were made to help protect the soldiers' feet during their long marches in the battle, the same way that the cleats are made to help protect the football players' feet during their quote-unquote battle with the other players. Yep. The caligae had spikes on the bottom of them to help stand firm as they traveled. This helped them to have a firm foundation, which our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace Mouthful. would mean that our <laughs> shoes... Our toes, our, our, our feet, whatever we're using as preparation of the gospel of peace to stand firm. If we don't have at, at our feet soul, if our, the soul of our feet isn't lined with the spreading and the proclamation of the peace that God gives us in the gospel message, we yes. are not going to have a, a good solid trip. This ruck march that we are on for the kingdom, this war in which we find ourselves raging, we will be lacking in such a key way because our feet will not be protected spiritually speaking. There's three things that you can do to to have your feet shod with prosperity preparation of the gospel of peace. That word always trips me up. Keep that in there. Preach the gospel to yourself daily. Remind yourself of the hope you have in Jesus. Because of his sacrifice and your belief in him, you shall not perish but have everlasting life. Share your testimonies with others. We're called to go forth and spread the gospel of Christ and preach to all creature. So when we do that, share what God has done for you and how he's changed your life. Be a living example. The way that you walk through life will be seen by many. When you carry yourself with the fruit of the Spirit, people will stop and notice Mm. and possibly ask you questions. A wise man once told me one time, Everywhere you go, share the gospel of Christ, and if necessary, use your words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's, not, that's no excuse to not give the gospel in direct words and share verbally what Christ did with you. But if our life doesn't back up what we are saying, we're, our do, actions don't we're, match. Killing, we're killing the kingdom before we're even able to share it. Yeah. So walk it, back it, share it. Oh, yeah. Wear those preparation of the gospel of peace cleats. <laughs> the next verse that we are going to be reading on is 16. Josh, would you finish up 16 and I'll read 17 and 18? Verse 16 says, Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The Roman soldier's shield was complex. It was a complex piece of armor. 
It was also called a scutum. That was a soldier's primary defensive weapon. It was made of impenetrable wood, leather, canvas, and metal, and could be doused in water to extinguish the fiery arrows of the enemy. Faith is the shield of the believer. Mm. Trusting in God's power and protection is imperative in remaining steadfast. When the battle rages, we must remember that God works all things for good. He is always true to his promises. It is also one of the one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah, faith. When we truly have faith in what God has assigned us to do and his plan for our lives, what can tear us down? If we're going through the lowest of valleys, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as the author of uh, Psalms said, as David said, I will fear no evil, evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they they comfort me. me. God is right there. And if we understand that and we bring that to memory, when we're coming up against even the worst of situations, we can stand. You throw up that shield as an arrow is flying at you. That arrow might be depression. That arrow might be anxiety. That arrow might be financial struggle. That arrow might be whatever. Fill in the blank. Temptation, addiction. You can extinguish them with reminder of God's goodness over your circumstances. Here are just a few of his many promises. In Deuteronomy 31.6, he'll never forsake you. In uh, Philippians 4.19, he will meet all your needs. Psalms 50 verse 10, call on him and he will answer. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, he will make your pathway straight. And also, a soldier's shield shield was strongest when they linked together with one another. Band together with other believers in the fight of faith. Real quick, I remember seeing this little uh, picture. Uh, it was a movie. It was Risen. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like my favorite movie out there. Um, it was a movie on the resurrection. And at the very beginning, there was this fight scene where they were coming up against uh, zealots and people that were trying to take down the Roman Empire one yeah. piece at a time. Mm. These Roman soldiers were getting beat up because they had the low ground. But as they were coming up to the high ground where these zealots were throwing stones at them and stuff like that, they linked the shields together. Oh, yeah. And, and they not only linked them in the front to where they had their front guarded, they had the people in the middle stick up the shields in the air so that they had a total canopy going over them to blockade what was being thrown at them so that they advanced forward. We as children of God have a shield that is all covering, but we need to make sure that we are bringing it out when we see the enemy attacking. Otherwise, there's no point in having a shield if you don't stick it up to blockade what is coming at you. And we're just two people right now, but I feel like our shields are linked together, you know? Yeah, you need, we, need, we need community. We need each other. So as, as Isaac said... It says, said, forsake not the fellowship of the brethren. Yeah. Find yourself a small church in your neighborhood if you haven't yet, and go there, find a church that believes on the Bible, yeah. preaches the Bible... Get involved, yeah. And get involved in yeah. it. yeah. It will help strengthen your faith, as well as you can recount God's past victories... In your life. It's mm, good. Write down a list of those things that God has done for you and give thanks for them. Before we move on to the next one, uh, I just brings to mind this amazing uh, illustration in my mind. The children of Israel, they were told after they crossed over the River Jordan, God dried it up for them so that they might cross over and defeat Jericho. They were told to build an altar, a very large altar with large, 12 large stones. 
in the Jordan and outside the Jordan. Why did they do that? And what was the explanation? Well, the Moses goes on to say, For when your children ask, What mean ye by these stones? You can give them an answer that God dried up the rivers of Jordan and brought us over into the land of Canaan, essentially. And so God tells us to set up things in our lives. If we look at that and many other verses, to, to remember and to remind us of what he's done for us because in time of doubt and fear and struggle we are not going to want to bring to remembrance what God has done for us so we must we must erect memorials in our lives to remember to remind us to remind this flaw flaw beaten man this flaw beaten woman whoever you are that God is good and God will come through all the time amen all right let's let's see what what, okay, what a piece uh, versus 17 and 18, I'm going to finish these up and read them both together and then do a combination explanation of the two together. It says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Mm -hmm. What is the helmet of salvation? Well, first off, let's talk about what a helmet is. The soldier's head is one of the most vulnerable areas, just like us in society. We have a brain inside of our head that is a very vital part of our body. It's what helps run things. If somebody can get in your head and somebody can attack your brain, you could die or you could get misled very easily. Yeah, spiritually, physically, mentally. So like a helmet is important. <laughs> so... Without a helmet, one blow to the head could prove to be fatal. His helmet covered his entire head, facial area between his eyes. His armor would prove useless if he wasn't equipped with this helmet. Yeah. This is one of the most vital pieces of armor that you can put on. I would recommend this being the first armor piece that you put on yeah. to truly have on the whole gospel armor. The believer's helmet of salvation is the most crucial piece of armor for the Christian. Without the indwelling Holy Spirit that enters a believer at the moment of salvation, all other armor is useless. Yeah. Salvation empowers believers to fight. Mm. It protects us in our weakness. Without salvation, there is no victory. Stand firm on the conviction of your salvation. Yeah. When you know without a shadow of a doubt that you were going to heaven because of what Christ did on the cross for you, not even death can defeat you. Mm. That's the book, yeah. Amen. The weapon is the sword of the Spirit. All other pieces of the soldier's arsenal are defensive weapons, yep. but not his sword. His sword was a deadly weapon in the hands of a skilled warrior. He could pierce through even the strongest armor. Our sword is the Word of God. Mm. both the written and the incarnate word. Yeah. Every other piece of armor protects us against attacks. With God's word, we are truly able to fight the fight and defeat all enemies. Christ used scripture to defeat Satan when he was tempted in the desert. We must do the same. Oof. Arm yourself. Be intentional about reading the scripture. As I mentioned earlier, finding a time that you can dedicate reading and studying the words of God where you're free of distractions. Every Get day. yourself a quiet yeah. time. When you arm yourself, you're prepping yourself. This reminds me of a story that I heard about two people. There was an old man and there was a young man and they were cutting down trees. The young man was like, oh, I can definitely beat this old man. This old man ain't going to be able to do nothing on me. 
What were they using to cut them down? They were using axes. Good old-fashioned axe contest here. An axe-cutting contest, a lumberjack thing. This old man would stop every 15 minutes after chopping a tree and chopping into it. The young man would just go in the way, wailing at it, wailing at it, wailing at it, wailing at it. He, he, he was keeping going, keeping going, keeping going, keeping going. Mm-hmm. And he kept listening to the old man, and the old man kept stopping every 15 minutes. When the day was done and the scores were being tallied, he's like, oh, there's no way that I didn't beat this guy. There's no way that I didn't do this. There's no way that I didn't win. He talked to the judge, and the judge said, he beat you. Every time he stopped, after every 15 minutes, he was sharpening his edge, making sure that his edge was was very sharp and could cut as much through as he possibly could. Every time you cut one, he doubled you. So arm yourself. Keep your sword sharp. Read the word of God. The sword of the spirit, as as Isaac said, is the the only offensive weapon that we have. It can be used offensively too. Yeah, for sure. But it doesn't matter how much you have uh, suited up in, how much you have on, though those things are important, without the ability to fight back intentionally without the ability to take stabs at the enemy the enemy is not going away and so just like jesus wielded the word of god against satan in his day in his evil day because those evil days will come that doesn't mean every single day is going to be the evil day but as scripture says when that evil day comes we can say we did all to stand when we pick up not only the armor pieces and put them on but we pick up the sword of the spirit we get into the word of god we memorize the scripture we you we work it out in our life as if we are sharpening a sword spiritually and then we use that against the evil attacks of our enemies spiritually we will stand in that day by intentionally feeding your mind with spiritual food throughout the day it'll help sharpen your mind and your sword Mm -hmm. you can load up podcasts just like this one wink wink hint hint welcome to bold believers stick around (laughs) keep updated and play those podcasts and also listen to sermons throughout the day find a, a, a pastor that has a podcast or find a church that you can go to, get involved with it and get involved with a mission of some sort, help provide for a mission. We've got one more thing that we're going to tell you about and it's one of those special things and it is number seven. It is prayer. Yeah, verse 18. If you want if you're there in, in Ephesians 6, verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We are called to pray, to use the Spirit as our final nail-in-the-coffin piece of armor, so to speak. That prayer, that the, the spoken word, speaking Christ's protection, Christ's power down into any situation that we find ourselves facing, not just for ourselves, but for the brothers and sisters in Christ that we have around us. We need each other, as I said a moment ago. We need to lock arms Scripture is very clear that without each other, with, without a church body, without people to run with, we are going to fail and to fall so easily. And without somebody there just to, to help pick us up and to remind us of what God has done for us, we will not stand easily in the evil day. Prayer is so powerful. Prayer moves mountains. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That would imply that if we don't pray, we will not see the great and mighty things which we did not know. God wants to show us some things. God wants to exercise the power of heaven in our lives. But sometimes I believe he does not because we don't pray for it. When prayer activates heaven, 
the endless possibilities are there. And it's amazing to see. Our entire armor is rooted in his strength. Without his presence, we are powerless in the fight. We must fight on our knees. The one who has won the war is with us in battle. When you open your eyes first, pray to him. Thank you, God, for allowing me to open my eyes. Before you do anything else, go straight into prayer. Pray impulsively throughout the day. We can get so caught up in praying the same old repetitious prayer. God bless this food in Jesus' name. We can, that has no meaning behind it. No, no. Although it's, it's saying God do that, but do you really mean it? Mm. Or are you just doing it out of tradition, tradition yeah. and repetition? That's good. We wouldn't want an autopilot response from our Father. We would mm. want Him to be personal, personal with us. Amen. So we need to be personal with him. Be Think about than. this though. In all this that we have said about the gospel armor, the belt, the feet shod with preparation of the gospel of peace, the breastplate of righteousness, and the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit, notice that there's not a backplate. The one thing that I can tell you about why we don't have a backplate is that we have the best security guard of our life. He's got our back. <laughs> God has got our back. We can't handle anything without him, yeah. but through him we can do all things. All things through Christ. Amen. Amen. Ah, ah man, I, something about this topic that we can just keep talking all day long about. But for sake of time, uh, we hope we've given you some food for thought. We pray and hope that you have and are intentionally waking up every day and thinking, God, do I possess and am I wearing this spiritual armor right now? And if you think some things are falling to the wayside, if you've dropped the sword of the Spirit, if you've let it dull, if, you've, if you're not leaning on His righteousness or relying on the fact that He is your God and He has saved you and remembering that and bringing that into remembrance, if you are not spreading the gospel with your words and your works. If if you aren't intentionally getting into the word of God and going to him in prayer, then do so. Just don't worry about the past. Put that under the blood. Repent of that. Agree with God about that. Turn to him and follow him wholeheartedly today. The past is in the past. Today is a gift, and that's why they call it the present as uh, that cheesy line once said. I don't actually know who originally said that. But anyway, we are given a gift today. Use it. Suit up, Christian. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Again, please let us know what you think. There's going to be a little questionnaire below the episode, I believe, on most platforms. If you want to answer that for us, it would be greatly appreciated. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out on Facebook at Bold Believer, on YouTube at Bold Believer. The podcast will go there, plus some other videos that we'll be uploading very soon that will hopefully help strengthen and fortify your faith. I'm Josh Snyder, your host, signing out. I'm Isaac Danford. Remember, stay humbled, stay blessed, have God vibes, and be a bold believer. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to give us a rating and follow us for more Christ-centered content as we learn and grow together wherever you get your podcasts. Now, go out and be a bold believer.